turn to the book of 1 John chapter 4, verse 4. And uh, I'm going to be honest, I'm going to preach this a little different. Um, at the end of it, we'll turn to one passage and stay there. But I'm going to hit a lot of passages leading up to it because I, I want to lay a groundwork and understanding a foundation as we lead up to this. And the only way that I know to do it is to go through Scripture and to show this. But we're starting here in this passage because the Lord laid this on my heart as we're going through this series on shine and understanding what we were called to be. Today, I, I, I want you to, the, the title of the message is The Power of the Light, but maybe I could even put a subtitle or put it like this and say it like this, do you understand what you have? Do you understand what God has given us? And I don't think so. A, a lot of times we live so defeated have you ever felt like, man, I'm, I'm at my a job and I, I can't, there's no way I can have an impact on those people that I work with or, or in your school or whatever it is. You can just say, man, I just feel like I can't connect. I can't, I can't do it. I, I don't know what the problem is. On a bigger scale than that, what about our nation? A, a feeling like we just can't get in and all this stuff that's corroding and polluting our, our world and it's just spreading like a cancer across our nation. I, um, I got convicted. I was talking to a guy. It was unique. He came on a Sunday night to our service. And he sat back over in this area over here. And after the service, he came up to me. And he was like, hey, can I talk to you for a minute? I'm like, sure. And I, I had no idea. I meet people all the time. And he said, let me tell you about what I did. It was actually Chris Andrews and I that did that. You'll remember that one guy that came in. And we talked right over here after the service. And he said, he was telling us about how many Muslims he's led to Christ. And I'm like, that's unusual. He said, first of all, he, he said, I know their language. I know their culture. I know their false gods. I know their Bible. He said, I know how to get through them, to them. And he was telling me he had, he had a Muslim that was pulling up in the parking lot to pick him up that was his taxi driver. But he literally deliberately tries to find Muslims that are, that are like to drive him and things like that just for the opportunity to be light in the darkness, and while he's standing there, he said, he's talking, and he starts talking to him. He goes, man, I'll be out there in a minute. And he says, you got to know how to talk to these guys. Anyways, and he starts joking with him. He gets off the phone. And he starts talking about, he said, do you guys believe that God can still save Muslims? I was like, absolutely. He says, do you, he says let me ask you a question. Why, why is this? And I'm, I'm being honest. You guys tell me. So we could sit there and talk about what ISIS is doing. And we look at that, and we get angry within our hearts. And we get, man, just worked up, and we're looking at that. And he said, I've gone to churches, and I've spoken in front of churches, and I, we've talked about this. And he said, you know what the response is to most Christians when we talk about this subject? Nuke them. Drop a bomb on them. We see that on there and said, man, if America could get serious, we'd, we'd drop a bomb on them and put them out for all this other stuff. He said, let me ask you guys, where will they all go if we nuke them? He, he said, if we drop the bomb on them, we have that attitude. And, and, and I, he said, I'm not talking about the world. I'm talking about churches. Having the attitude that the way to fix this is to drop a bomb. And he said, what happened to the churches getting together and saying, God, you are greater than ISIS. You are greater than Muhammad. You are greater than the false gods. You're greater than this oppression. God, we ask for you to shake this nation and change this world. But he said, we don't do that because we believe that our power and our missiles is greater than our power and our God. Now, I know that's a big scale of this. And this is... This is not even the thrust on my message, but, and I, I, I quote this verse all the time. I'll be preaching, and I'll just quote this verse, and this isn't even my main passage. Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them. 
That's you guys. That's me. You are of Almighty Jehovah Creator God and have overcome. Now, now listen to this. It, it takes it to the next level. And it says, greater is he that is in you. I know we say that all the time. We, we talk about going in the world and witnessing. When I, hey, remember, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Hey, that sounds good. I mean, it's like, but we get it. What is the he that is in us that is in the world? And the Bible says greater, bigger, more powerful. And you say, then what? Anything in this world. Let's pray. Father, take over the message, our hearts, our agenda, our schedules. Lord, I pray that you will walk through these aisles right now. And put it to rest the minds that are racing about issues and problems and what they have to do after church. Lord, help us to set aside bitterness and anger and the frustration that we have with other people, our family, or even our spouses. I pray, Lord, that you will shake this room as we cry out to our God. Help us to understand the power of God that you've placed within our lives the power of the gospel that you've placed within our hearts and our lips. Lord, help us to realize we can shake this world with what we already have if we would just understand the power of the light. We pray this in your name. Amen. Now we can talk about being the light, but do we realize when the Bible says that greater is he that is in you, do you realize what is in you? So the only way that I know to do this is I've got to just take you on a journey. And you guys probably will not be able to keep up in your Bibles, but then we'll get to our passage. So Richard and I are, and uh, Josiah, we're going to work together, and I'm going to put this on the screen as we go through this, okay? So I want you guys to soak this up, but you guys can turn the first passage. We'll get in this. We're going to start at the beginning. When I say the beginning, Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. You guys can turn there. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning... God created the heaven and the earth. We're studying the, this first point in this is the power of God. The power of God. You said, I thought we were talking about the power of light. We'll get there. We'll get there. The power of God. In the beginning, the Bible kicks off everything by saying he is the creator and the author. And by God, every single thing on the planet was created. He is how it started. Verse 2, in the earth without, without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep. It says it was without form and had, it was empty. The Bible says the emptiness was consumed with darkness. But notice this, and, and I know we've read through this. It's probably the most read passage in the scripture. You know why that is? Because every time we decide to read through the Bible, this is what we read. <laughs> now we might stop at chapter 3 or Leviticus or whatever, but we read this passage many times. And the Bible says, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. The Spirit of God began to move. And I looked that word up. The word move begins in the shake. Almost, if you would, the breath of God, which is what that word spirit there means. The breath or outpouring of God's Spirit began to go there and shake the world. Now, you guys know what happens. He created everything from this what did you love i mean we we see some pretty cool movies with pretty cool sci-fi effects but i tell you nothing would compare to watching this 
just God speaking the words, the power of God's word in all of creation created in a second. And God moving through and the spirit of God moving upon the face of the waters. Verse 3, and God said, let there be light. And there was light. God said it, it happened. And God saw the light, that it was good. God divided the light from the darkness just by speaking. But we get to the sixth day of creation. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, and God said, let us, that word us was literally tying in right there in that passage of the Trinity. God was tying it in and just is showing about God the Father and God the Son. We know the power of them, but can I tell you that the us was also the Spirit of God? How many of you are saved right now? Praise God, praise God, amen. What we're describing right now, oh, I'm going to get ahead of myself. You already know what I'm going to say. Let us make man in our image after our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea. Verse 7, 27, or verse 7. Chapter 2, verse 7, sorry. And the Lord God formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils. And man became a living soul. This is why some women call men dirtbags. But this is where it all started, right here. It all, it all happened right here. But God breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. God had the power to give something that was nothing to make it into the image and the creation of God. Some of you are like, well, duh, yeah, I know that. Hang on, hang on. That which was nothing God created just by demonstrating the power of God. Now I'm going to bring you through a journey and I want you guys to notice something. Notice how God displays his power. Okay, listen to this. Exodus chapter 3, verse 2. We're just walking through the Old Testament. You don't have to keep up. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto them in a flame of fire out of the midst of the bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. So, okay, well, the story of Moses going before God. In verse 4, it says, and So God called out of the midst of the bush, and Moses, Moses and he said, And here am I. Chapter 13, verse 21 of Exodus, and the Lord went before them by day a pillar of cloud and led them by the way and by night a pillar of fire to give them light to go by day and night. They come to the Ten Commandments. God shows his presence once again in Exodus 24, 17. And the sight of the glory of the Lord was like unto a devouring fire on top of the mountain. God shows himself in 1 Kings 18, verse 38, when they prayed for the power of God. They prayed to the false prophet as they're crying out to their God, God, hear us, God, hear us. There was no presence of any false God, and there was no power that fell. Elijah stepped out there. Lord, you are the only one true God. Show your presence here today. And the fire fell and consumed the burned sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up the water that was in the trench. I take you to the New Testament where the Spirit of God began to move in Acts chapter 2 verse 2. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like his fire that sat upon them. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 29 describes our God. And this is what it says. It says our God is a consuming fire. 
Amen, see? And God said, let there be light. He had to knock out Pastor Joe, but it all worked. That was good, Joe. That's great. All those exercises are working out for you, dude. That's going to totally kill my illustration later, but it's all good. That's why I have these, these things, but it's all good. Focus, people. Focus. It's like, bird. When it comes to the New Testament, we transition. In Luke 4, verse 14, And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit of Galilee, and there went out a fame of him throughout all the regions. Now here's Jesus. We switch from God. And now we have the other part, which is Jesus. God was made flesh and dwelt among us. We called his name Jesus. He was Emmanuel, God with us. And the Bible says he went and he prayed and asked for the power of his father. And he went back in there. And the Bible says he came out with the spirit of power. It could have just said the spirit, but it said the spirit of power. The word power is a word dunamis, which means a force. Miraculous power, abundant strength, mighty, wonderful work. It's the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. You say, how, how do we know that? Oh, he displayed his power. He gave sight to the blind. He raised the dead. He controlled the storm. He went out in the middle of it. And, and just, by the way, when he went out in the storm, he just walked on the storm, just so you know. The thing that we're so afraid of in life, Jesus went, oh, you talking about this? Oh, yeah, okay, peace be still. He said, what is the point? He's demonstrating his power over and over again. In Luke 4, verse 32, and they were astonished at his doctrine, for his word was with power. In Luke 4, 36, the Bible says, and they were amazed and spake among themselves, saying, what a word is this? For with authority and power he commandeth the unclean spirits, and they come out. I could go on and on and on, but I'm, I, I hope you guys are getting the point. And you say, what are you trying to do? We, we talked about the power of God that spoke and changed the power of God that raised the dead, that raised, gave life to that which was dead. Then we get into the presence of his power. And we ask the question for us as Christians today, where is God working? How does God work today? We don't live in the Old Testament. We don't live in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John in Acts chapter 1. We're the New Testament church. And let me tell you guys, God is still working the way that he did. Because in Luke chapter 24, verse 49, he says, Behold, I send the promise. Not a promise, the promise of my Father upon you. But tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. It wasn't just a promise. It was the promise that was spoken in Joel chapter 2 of the outpouring of the Spirit of God upon us. It, it was what John chapter 14, 15, and 16 promised of a comforter. The Spirit of God. The presence of God. The breath of God. The indwelling of God. Then we get in Acts chapter 1 verse 8 when Jesus that was sent by his Father in the flesh was transitioning up into heaven and he promised that he would always be with us. In Acts 1, but ye shall receive what? Power. 
After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. He shall be witnesses unto me. I know we've done this all the way through, but I, I want you guys to keep getting this. Just to get the visual of that consuming power. That, that presence of God. When God was there and Jesus was there and he said, I'm still working in the world today. I, I am still going to be in the churches. I'm still going to go to the prisons. I'm still going to change things. I'm still doing those things. And this is what God does. He say, where is this working of God? I, I, don't, I don't see the fire in the heaven. I don't see the Red Sea split. And I don't see all those things. Have we missed out on what God is doing and how God is working today? In 2 Corinthians 6, 16, he said, What agreement hath the temple of God with idols? He said, What does my people have to do with dragging the garbage of the world into their life? He said this. I want you to get this visual. As God has said, I will dwell in them. And walk in them. I will be their God and they shall be my people. 1 Corinthians 6, 19. What? Know you not that your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you. Which you have of God and you are not your own. The same Spirit of God that gave Adam breath. The same Spirit of God that formed the world. The same Spirit of God that split the Red Sea. That fell down upon that mountain when Moses was up there with the stones. The same spirit of God that went into Lazarus' tomb and woke him up. The same spirit of God that raised Jesus from the dead. Is the same spirit of God that lives in us. You want to say that we're hopeless and helpless? I don't care if it's ISIS. I don't care what demonic... Poisons that are in this world, it does not matter. The things that are around us, I think we have lost sight of the presence of the power that God has placed in us. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in this world. The power of God, the presence of God's power, but the placement of God's power. When we touched on this the first week, I started into this explaining that we were never meant to stay in the light. Light only has an impact when it is placed in the darkness. That's the only place. Remember this as Christians. We should live separated lives. I'm I'm not going to deny that. And some of us really need to get a hold of that this morning. You were not called by God to blend into the darkness. Do you get that? And a lot of these young people that more, care more about getting that girl and fitting in and getting on this team or whatever, we'll do whatever we can to fit into the darkness. When God said, I have called you, let the Spirit of God, which was way different than the devil, different than this world, ought to shine out of your life. But at the same time, don't get this wrong. Just because you're to stand out different from the darkness doesn't mean that we're not to be in the darkness. And you say, whoa. He said, what fellowship have light with darkness? You are absolutely right. But I'll tell you, what impact should light have on darkness? We're going to close this out in Acts chapter 16. Acts chapter 16. Let's all turn there together. 
I know that you guys know this, and we're talking about the placement of, the, of God's power. Paul and Silas were preaching and ministering. They were casting out demons of this girl that were used as entertainment. The people of the city got upset because they were ruining this income that they had, and all of a sudden they didn't have this girl to show off. In Acts chapter 16, verse 23, you guys know the story. They arrested them. They beat them in verse 23. And when they had laid many stripes on them, they cast them into prison and charged the jailer to keep them safely. Can I tell you guys this? Sometimes standing out and allow the Spirit of God through our preaching, teaching, worship, attitude, actions, stand against the junk of this world. When you stand out, you will also be placed under opposition. It's going to cost you something to stand out. It's going to cost you something to stand out. And maybe that's why we don't have anyone. When they went against it, they rose up and said, beat them, throw them in prison, let's shut down the lights. Verse 24, he who have received such a charge thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast in the stocks. Remember, light can only have an impact when it is placed in the darkness. You ready, Robert? So here we are using the same illustration that we used a couple weeks ago. When we have Paul and Silas and the work that they were doing, okay? And God was, and the main thing that I'm trying to do with this is to make application. It is a wonderful thing to dwell in the fellowship But it is such an uncomfortable thing when God does this. God says, Paul and Silas, you guys aren't going to like this, I promise. But here's the thing, guys. I've given you something that's so powerful, it it will shake this world. And I know that you would rather be in that school where everybody is high fiving you and 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 I know you'd rather have that job that maybe you're working around Christians all the time. I understand that. You'd rather have that, that neighborhood where your neighbors are praising God and you're sharing stories about what God did, but instead your neighbor's a drug dealer. Or you have to hear your neighbors scream and fight so they throw each other out of the house. But let me tell you, I have a reason. Paul and Silas, I, I need you to be here. Do you guys realize that God has a plan to place you where he needs you? And I promise you, they, they went in the prison, and this is, you can imagine what it was like. They walked in and all the prison doors, and they thrust them into the inner part of the prison, the darkest part, the part where they were not having influence or anything like that. They were going down. All the prisoners were giving them high fives and saying, praise God for your ministry, brother. Thank you, for, thank you for serving the Lord. There was a guy in the back corner that started singing, people need the Lord. It was wonderful. And all of a sudden, they broke out singing Amazing Grace through the entire prison. And then one guy was standing at the door even passing out bulletins of what was going on in the prison that day. They say, Pastor Tony, it was nothing like that. You're absolutely right. God had to push them through a lot of discomfort as they were spitting on them and yelling at them and saying, you bunch of hypocrites, you weirdos. What are you even doing here? Nobody likes you. Well, now, now, they're, now you're going to disrupt the entire prison? You see, God had a plan. God put them into the darkest parts. 
Guys, I don't think it's an accident that God placed us right here at Fellowship Baptist Church and right down this way is a, a, a temple of this and a Buddhist temple and a Muslim mosque and all this other stuff. And God said, don't move. I placed you there. I need you there, Paul and Silas. It's uncomfortable. It's not, it's not our happy place. It's not what we would desire. And a lot of times, as soon as God starts moving us and things, can you imagine if the opposition started and Paul and Silas were just like, oh, oh, guys, we're sorry. We're sorry. I'll tell you what. We'll just tone it down a little bit. And I, I apologize. We need Christians to stop being a bunch of wimps. Men grow a backbone. Stand up. Be a man. Stand up in your homes, stand up in your jobs. When they sit there and they, they say GD in front of you, just say, hey, listen, I don't, I, I've walked out sales presentation. I had a guy sit there saying, I'll tell you what, you're not selling something to me if you're going to sit there and curse my God. God has a way of taking us out of our comfort zone. We had a group of our men Friday and Saturday, they, they, they went down to, with Rock of Ages prison ministry and they saw, and I can't remember the number, I, I want to say it was like over 50 men come to know Jesus Christ. That doesn't happen if you stay sitting where you're sitting right now. It cannot happen. Dark places are uncomfortable. He said, let, let me ask you guys a question. Was God still in this prison was God still in this story let me ask you again church was God still in this story no matter what you're dealing with right now God is still in your story you say you have no idea what I'm going through I don't but he does I'm in the darkest place of my life and God said I know I know I know but do you trust me do do you get what I'm doing and I said you don't but you will Remember your calling. Remember what you have. You have the power of God. Your job is to shine out in darkness. The world needs to experience the power that is in you. You were created to shine in your job. Created to shine in your school. Created to shine in your neighborhood. Let's be honest. This story could have gone one of two ways. Verse 25, and at midnight, Paul and Silas started complaining. Why us, man? Power of God. Why us, man? Why, why do we have to do this? Man, I tell you what, this is so unfair. I, 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 don't, I don't get it. I, I tell you what, it's, this is so un- Before long, what we do when we get in dark places, we blend into the world. You're no longer shining out and you say, well, I am going through a hard time. But remember who's in you. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in that, that bill or that hospital decision or whatever it is. Greater is he that is in you. Remember our series is shine. It's not glow, it's shine. At midnight, Paul and Silas didn't start complaining. Paul and Silas began to pray. I don't know what they were praying I have no idea. But dear God, you're in control. God, we worship your name. 
Because God, you are the one and only true living God. I don't know. You said, how do you know they prayed like that? Well, read the less of it. And all the prisoners heard them. That's what it says. God, this is not where I want to be. And they, they ripped apart. They were beat. They were put, their arms and legs, they were stuck. And Paul probably looked over at Silas and said, I can't move. I can't either, but I sure can speak. They didn't put tape on my mouth. I can still praise God. I can still lift my voice. I can still have a good attitude. I can still point people to Jesus. I'd imagine Paul or Silas, one of them, I don't know who started it, started saying, how great is our God. Saul, sing with me. How great is our God. How great, how great is our God. Name above all names. You are worthy of our praise. My heart will sing how great, how great is our God. And the Bible says, and all the prisoners heard them. The Bible says that they may see your good works. Stand out in the darkness. Be what the darkness is not. That the love of God and the joy of God and the peace of God and the power of God and the presence of God shine through you in the darkest of places. God was shining through them. You say, what was going on? You say, why? You guys realize you never know who's watching you. Your attitude, your smile, your language, the way that you tell the dirty jokes or the way that you act around other people, the way that you flirt with the girls when you're married. All of that matters. You say, be the light, be the light, be the light. What is the light? It's Jesus coming out of you. Jesus was kind to the outcast. He cared about the poor. He loved the ones that were even called prostitutes and perverts and fornicators. To go to them and put your arm around them and love them. That's what it means to be light. And for the attitude of our heart, whether you're in the choir, a stage, the lobby, or a classroom, for it to be like Jesus. It's the power of God shining in all of us. Jesus said in Jeremiah 33, 3, Call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. What happens when you let Jesus shine through you? The Bible says in verse 26, And suddenly there, there was a great earthquake so that the foundation of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were open and everyone's bands were loosed. You say, what happened? When they began to shine out God, God showed up. Do you realize you go into that family reunion and you say, man, honey, I'm dreading this like crazy. I had to put up with so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so and and all this. Has our attitudes gotten that shallow? Honey, today, let's pray and ask God. Your sister's going to, I know my sister, I know my sister, I know what she's going to do. Not my sister, but just talking. Don't want any rumors going around. Let's pray and ask God to use us today to show them something they're not used to seeing. Let's show them what God has done. Remember where we used to be? 
Remember the power of God changing us. The power of God will change them too. Let's bring that into that family reunion. Let's bring it into those dark places. God showed up and did what they could not do. They could not unloosen their, their stocks. They could not open the doors. And they could not get out. You see, when God's people praise and they pray and they do those things and God shows up, He does what you cannot do through what you did do. Do you guys get that? You do what you can do and allow God to do the rest. But don't ever expect to stand out in the darkness when you dim the light because of your bad attitude or our actions. And the keeper of the prison, waking out of his sleep, seeing the prison doors were open, he drew out his sword and would have killed himself, supposing that the prisoners had fled. Let's let's reread that. But can I just change it a little bit? I'm not trying to change God's word, but listen to this. And a father that worked in the prison awakened out of his sleep. A husband. Had a beautiful wife. Awakened out of his sleep. So how do you know that? We'll read the rest of the story. Do you realize... When we would step up, that fire spreads in ways that you have no idea will spread. It's not just you reaching into that man that is that irritating coworker. Do you realize he's got a family and pressures and problems in his life? This guy was at the point of, I would rather die than face the consequences. That's how people feel without Jesus Christ. That is what we're going after. But Paul cried with a loud voice and said, do thyself no harm, for we are all here. Then they called for a light. I love that. And it sprang in and trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas. You know what that was? He was standing in amaze. The light brought truth to the situation. It's not what you think. Don't take your life. There's hope. There's God's people. There's a difference in this world. It showed up and showed the truth of the reality. He brought them out and said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? You know, he was saying, what do I have to do to have what you have? Because I promise I've seen a lot of prisoners, but I've never seen that. That's different. I heard you guys singing. I heard you praising God in the middle of that, saying, God, you're in control and you can take care of that. And I'm sitting there going, just give up on your God. He put you in there. The Bible says that he went. The Bible says that he went home and they went home and they clean him up. And verse 31, he believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. And then he went home and he, he began to witness to his family and his family was saved. And the Bible says that they were all saved and baptized and the Lord began to do great, wonderful things. God did way more than they ever thought they could do. Guys, let me tell you right now. God brought home a new daddy. Can you imagine? Let's redo this situation. Can you imagine if it would have went the other way? Let's say he got to that point and that man took his life. Can you imagine knocking on the door of that and saying, the prison guard comes to the door and he walks up and says, Hey, I hate to tell you this, man, but there was a death at the prison. What, what happened? Did the prisoners overcome my husband and take his life? No, I'm sorry. Your husband took his own life. 
said, I knew this was going to happen. You have no idea the stress that we've had at home. My, my family has been falling apart. It's been horrible. And my kids, and, and I should have been there and all this. And then that's the example of what goes on in this world. But instead, he walks to the door and says, honey, God showed up in my life. Yeah, there was a change in my life. There was a change in my direction. There was a change in my heart. We must understand the power of the light. 